1: Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. If your kids' closets are full and completely disorganized, let go of the hand-me-downs. What fresh hell.
0: Laughing in the face of motherhood. I will give all of these clothes away when I find the most mesmerizing recipient. I have tried to drop that out of my
1: repertoire. With Margaret Abel's... And Amy Wilson, you had a keepsakes uh, screed ready to go. I think. I think now we're all ready for it. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas, so you don't have to. Hey, everybody! Welcome to this episode of the What Fresh Hell podcast. This is Amy, and this is Margaret. This week, we're talking about how there's too much stuff in our houses. Oh. Guys,
0: clear your schedules for the day, because I have been, about 76 hours worth of stuff to
1: say about you've this. You've been so ready. I feel like forever we've been saying, oh, we really should do an episode. And you know, Holly, who won the uh, book giveaway we had a couple weeks ago, she suggested this topic idea, and I just said, it's time. It's th- would you like to hear what, what Holly has to say about this issue? I would indeed. She says, this weighs on me daily. With kids, there is truly no end to the influx of toys, keepsakes, and clothes coming in and the things they've outgrown that need to go out. My three kids range in age from one to nine years old, and I struggle with what items to save for the baby to grow into. Do I really want to hold onto pajamas for him to grow into in six years? The sentimentality of it all weighs on me, too. The constant mental space this process consumes is definitely my biggest consistent downer as a mom. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, Holly.
0: You're not wrong. (laughs) I will soon be doing a 45-minute diatribe on the phrase keepsake. So sit back and get ready. I mean, do you want to start us off? Do you have some studies or anything you want to roll with first? Because I just could, I could just do as I, I, screed-o-rama over Why don't I do a study or two before the screed starts? Yeah, because you've got to keep me in check today because seriously, like... I am the cartoon of the person who has steam coming out of their ears right now.
1: I always start from the same place on our topics. Like, is this a problem? Like, do is it is it just a problem that we think it's a problem? And is it a problem? And it is a problem. Studies show that that clutter is distracting, and it, it's kind of like multitasking. It forces you to engage with the items over and over again. But it's also actually literally painful to give stuff away for some people more than others. But there is a... So, Researchers at the Yale School of Medicine, they sat down two groups of people hoarders and non hoarders. Okay. So let's just say we're not talking about, we're talking about more garden variety uh, keepsakes in this episode. Right. <laughs> right.
0: I mean, at, like everything we talk about, there's a spectrum. There's right, like, right.
1: You can't open your house, and there's a raccoon living somewhere
0: you can't find. Right. And then there's like you are such a minimalist that you reject every single
1: item on Earth. We live somewhere in the great middle ground, probably with with all of you. So anyway, so they they had these these two groups of people, and they gave them mail to sort. And for all of them, it was some some mail that actually belonged to them and some just random mail that belonged to the researchers. And they asked them to go through and decide what to throw away and what to keep. And for um, for everybody, but especially for the hoarders in the group— two areas of their brain that are associated with pain, like the pain you get when you drink hot coffee or get a paper cut, they would touch a piece of mail that belonged to them and had to decide whether to keep it or throw it away. And these two areas of their brain would light up like, ow, ow, ow. Just fire up. <laughs> yeah. I have killed that part of my brain. I, I might. I feel like I sometimes have the, have the opposite part of that. Like I'm at the other side into like, woohoo, pitch it in the garbage. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely...
0: It's funny that you say that because then we'll both be on the same side of it because I have just destroyed whatever that part of my brain is like I took the pain and then I was like I was um, what's the movie with Jim Carrey Uh, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind like I had that part of my brain destroyed. Is that an old deluxe alert? Back in my day.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It might be. He's making a comeback, so I think it does, yeah. If he's been gone, then it is an old deluxe alert. But it's
0: basically like a movie about a guy who gets a part of his brain erased, so he doesn't remember his ex-girlfriend because it's too painful to think about her. I think this was triggered a little bit by marrying my husband, who never gets rid of anything. I don't even think in a sentimental way. I think just in like a sort of why throw stuff away way. Yeah. And merging our stuff... And living in small places without a lot of storage, getting wedding gifts—I
1: just—I saw the train coming. Of like, we're not going to be able to open our door soon. So you you set you set the barriers up ahead of time, like like in a, like a bowling alley with those things on the side, of the guardrails. You have you have a, a narrow lane, very narrow lane. Very few things get through the eye of this needle. Let me tell you, I also have a sort of forced narrow lane, and it's because I live in New York City in an apartment and. It's a big apartment, but it's still an apartment. I don't have a garage. I don't have a basement. And it's a very modern building, so I don't really have storage. I have I have closets. Yeah, guys, but Amy's
0: I'm- apartment is like, it's all open plan. So it's like you walk into her apartment. I do not know how you live like this. Although I have a fairly open plan house, but I still have the like, through everything in the bedroom.
1: Company's coming. Like, where is all your stuff? Um, we do have two sort of like sliding doors that I can hide stuff okay. behind.
0: Every time I go to your apartment, I'm amazed by like this looks like a catalog, and I don't understand where all the things are.
1: All I have to do is block our fire exits, and it's not a problem. That's right. Okay. So like, you're doomed <laughs> if there's smoke, but you keep your apartment very right. Safe. Right. So yeah, I'm forced to. And as I was working on this episode, of course, it, it, it you you talk about decluttering, and then you you burst into it. I, I go into our coat closet in our front hallway where I had these two big baskets that I had designed on the way in. We moved in five years ago and I'm like, this is where the sporting equipment goes. And and the problem with the baskets, the, the, the problem with the pretty things to put stuff in is that the stuff goes in and it doesn't come back out. So, so we pulled them all out. I mean, we had you know batting helmets that nobody's worn for four years. We had cleats that are three sizes too small, and they were in these hidden huge baskets. So I didn't, I didn't see them. Nobody saw them. So now we have all this stuff to give away, and these cleats, like cleats, cost like a hundred dollars. I don't want to just b- b- throw them in a. Um, goodwill bin behind the church I want to give them to somebody and so therefore they're going to sit in my front hallway for six weeks while I figure out who wants a okay, spoiler alert putting them parathlete. in the bin at the church is giving them to somebody kind of I feel like it's making more garbage I feel like I feel like we can overdo the the virtue of like look at all this stuff I gave away I like if I'm giving away oh like a a dress coat um you know or or like a a Dress that my daughter wore as a bridesmaid when she was three. I don't want to give that to the goodwill. I want to give it to somebody who I know will use it. I would encourage you strongly to
0: either pre select those people and have a system in place all the time or drop that from your repertoire. Well, this is it'll just live forever in your closet. The problem of like my husband and I have this discussion all the time because we both tend to do it. It's in writing, there's a famous phrase don't let perfect be the enemy of done. Like the idea of like, my book is going to be perfect and therefore it's never going to be finished. Like Mm -hmm. finish it and and done is your goal. Perfect is not your goal. It's the same thing. Like David and I both have the problem of like, I will send that thank you card when I find the perfect card for that person. Therefore, the person never gets a thank you note. Like, and I find I will give all of these clothes away when I find the most mesmerizing recipient.
1: I have tried to drop that out of my repertoire. I um, have a handy hand-me-down person, and this is my sister Molly. I have some great ideas from her from managing stuff because she's got four little boys. They are eight, six four and two. It might be seven, five, five, three and one. We have to take a moment of silence and just send (laughs) some good vibes to Molly. She's got a lot of stuff. And and
0: we missed her a moment of silence, Amy. Oh, sorry. Okay.
1: Proceed. So she knows from stuff and, and, but, but part of the problem is me, her older sister with kids who are older, because I have sort of gleefully for the past Oh, you know, eight years since she became a parent, been giving her the stuff that we don't need anymore. And some of it's great rocking chair, some of it's maybe not so great, like 40, you know, board books. And so I just, I just went through our board games. And and we pulled out the hungry, hungry hippos and the stuff that my kids don't really play with anymore. And I had a stack have a stack in my front hallway. And I tried a new tactic, I took a picture of it. And I texted it to my sister. And I said, Do you want any of these board games? And she wrote back, no. So, so, now, so now I am just going to give them the goodwill, but I felt good about that. Like, oh, I'm probably, I think giving somebody else your hand-me-downs, it needs to be a double opt-in. Like they need to need to want them. You can't just stick the bag on their front porch.
0: Yeah. And you have to control your urge, which I do. My daughter is, we've gone boy heavy in the family recently. And so my daughter is one of the few young girls in the family. And so I now have three or four different people giving her clothing and girls under 10 clothing is ridiculous. Like now you, everybody's got 45 beautiful dresses with like a velvet top and a tutu bottom. Like it looks like the nicest dress you'd ever own, but there's 400 of them, you yeah. know? And my daughter has become the end of a pipeline of clothing that is slowly burying us. And when my family goes missing, please send someone to dig us out from the pile of Elsa costumes that we have inherited from everyone in our family.
1: So do you have, um, do you feel like you can say no to the hand-me-downs on the way in? I could. I don't
0: tend to right now, but what I really need to do, and you said this once before, and I still don't do it. I need to take the box as it comes and say there are 45 things in here. Let's go through it and pick the 10 things you want, and just put the rest directly into the goodwill bin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the the minimalists say they have a podcast, and they suggest that you need to extinguish the fire before rebuilding your home. Like if you're, if your goal is decluttering, then the first step is don't let anything else in in the first place. That's correct. I mean, this is the classic problem of like, holding your
0: hand over the open flame and taking
1: Advil for the pain. Like you gotta shut off the source. Yeah. Yeah. And Rachel Jones, who has a, a a site called Nourishing Minimalism, she says, if if you're still in the midst of decluttering, if your kids' closets are full and completely disorganized, let go of the hand me downs. Just give the just, just pass them on. You're not you're not ready. You can't handle the truth. Don't <laughs> don't open you those bags. You can't handle the hand me downs. Because that and that's what really gets me. It's right, that there's nothing worse than going in the back of your closet to get out the suitcase you hardly ever use and finding the bag of clothes that you saved for five years that the the kid passed right through the snow boots size six while it was stuck in your closet and you forgot it was even there.
0: Yeah, that's my entire existence. But at the (laughs) same time, snow boots, cleats, overcoats, you know, overcoats, I'm 150 years old, uh, snow jackets, they're really, really expensive. And so the idea of passing them up is insane but the management involved is basically a full-time job.
1: Okay, so you're right. So some some stuff you do want to hang on to. So here's what nourishing minimalism says you need to do if you really do want to keep some hand me-downs. Okay, I need this. It you need to get, be good. At the risk of stating the obvious, we need to hear this. You need to have the top shelf in your kids' closet cleaned out. Mine is my my daughter's Top shelf of her closet is currently full of empty American Girl boxes that she wants to save, so that someday when she doesn't want the American Girl stuff anymore, we can put it away in the boxes and make it look like nice enough that somebody's going to be excited to get them. Love that notion, but that's that's but what her tough in apartment. Her yes. top shelf okay. of her closet is full of empty boxes. Okay, so clear clear out the empty boxes, and then she says. Box them, label the front with gender, size, and season, and, and make sure you can see it and put it in the top shelf of the closet. That's how I did it. But my sister Molly, with the four little boys, has a, I think, much simpler, much better system that one would actually use. And therefore, the system you, <laughs> if it's a system you're not going to use, then it's not useful. So I think my sister has nourishing minimalism beat. All right. I'm going to tell you her system right after this.
0: And now, the reality of organizational advice from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Have a single drawer
1: in your kitchen where you keep
0: miscellaneous items. Right, until that drawer becomes full and you need a second drawer. And then that second drawer also becomes full. And the next thing you know, for some reason, your
1: oven is full of baking sheets and cookie jars. Use decorative baskets to organize the children's toys neatly under the television. Spoiler alert, your kid always
0: needs the toy at the bottom of the basket. Use a label maker to create a specific space for all bathroom items. Second day, your kid steals that thing and makes
1: labels that say butt, poop, and fart until all of the label tape is gone. Organize your kid's clothing by days of the week. Soccer on Saturdays? Have the cleats in a clearly marked bin that says Saturday in a fun font.
0: Yeah, we're just going to stick with our current system, which is me screaming, if you can't find your other cleat, you can hop all through your soccer game in a crazy voice to start every Saturday, but thanks. Use decorative baskets to organize children's shoes. No, no, we've already been through the decorative basket thing. Decorative baskets
1: are a lie. People do not go down the path of decorative baskets. Your bedroom should be a clean, clutter-free space that functions as your personal sanctuary.
0: Oh, yeah? How do you know? I don't find it relaxing to sleep on unfolded laundry that I put on the bed last Tuesday and never got around to folding. It was too tired to shove off onto the floor, huh? You don't know my life organization, lady. You should take your decorative basket.
1: This has been the reality basket, of organizational lady. Lady. advice from the What basket. Fresh Health And you podcast. know
0: what you should do with your decorative basket? You should shove your decorative basket.
1: while Start your hero bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's h-e-r-o.co and
0: code motherhood for 10% off your order of hero bread.
1: Amy, lay some Molly wisdom on me. Okay, so so I knew she'd know. So I went to her and said, can you please give me some tips for this episode? She has clear bins. Her first tip is clear. They can't be baskets. You can't see what's inside. They have to be clear bins. She got them from the container store. She has one for each kid. They're stacked on the floor of the closet. Again, not on the top shelf. Can, need to get them. And, and sometime in the next six weeks, I'm going to climb up there with the stepladder, like reachable on the floor of the closet, one for each kid. And they're not labeled 2T summer or like, you know, Easter dress up. They're They're labeled... For Bobby, for Billy, for each one of her kids. And when somebody outgrows something, they're they're there, they're easy to to uh, access she just throws it into the bin for the next kid and then she just goes through them as she's turning over the seasons and as she said the uh, just this week it was suddenly 25 degrees colder from one day to the next and oh my gosh they need pants now and she didn't have pants ready for any of them but she was able to take the you know the first kids pants that were too small immediately put them in the for bin and then you know pull out the bin of of stuff for her oldest kid which is the hand-me-downs that she goes through as they're coming in and has one ready to go
0: let me quote to you Amy from my upcoming book still seeking a publisher but I'm sure any day now called Lessons I Learned from the RV. As you know I recently spent 7 days in an RV so I consider myself now an expert in RV living. You need so many fewer clothes. I'm going to really need to work on my syntax if I'm going to publish this book. You need many fewer clothes than you think you do. Having Exactly. You're in an RV, so you can't, you know, bring the 96 options that we tend to bring. It forced us. We had exactly five changes of clothes for every kid. Five t-shirts, five pants, five sweatshirts, five socks, five underwear, one pair of shoes. That's all the clothes your kids need. And then once a week you do laundry. Too many clothes is the is the genesis of all clutter in my house. Too many things, but clothes, because like, oh, you went to, blah, blah, thousand islands, and you got the shirt that said, like, there's a thousand islands. If you start committing to putting all that stuff in the closet, each of my kids probably has 35 t-shirts in their room right now. It's nuts.
1: So wait, are you saying her system isn't a good system because there's too much in there? No, I'm saying her system is
0: a good system, but that, out of that box should come seven shirts, seven pairs of pants, three pairs of shorts, seven pairs of socks. I think the danger of hand-me-downs is like you have the big bin and it's like, well, we have it all. Mm. Might as well unpack it and organize it now. Yeah. But use the bin system, move stuff along, keep track of your hand-me-downs. But the closet at any given time should have seven changes of clothes in it.
1: Well, I should say these bins are not huge. They're enough that you can stack four of them on the floor of the closet, and they still fit under the hanging clothes. So I think you're right. Like, don't have a space where things go, and it isn't too large. I just i have an i have an office cabinet, and it's in my kitchen where we keep you know all the chargers and the paper clips and everything. It's checkbooks, and I had a little drawer to keep notepads in, and it's, it became so full that I started stacking the notepads on top of the notepad drawer, and then I was like, this is bonkers. I don't need more blank notepads than can fit in a drawer labeled notepads. So I need to throw half of these away. We just
0: went to a convention and the big giveaway is notepads. Right. Oh, this is a nice one though. It's moleskin. It's so nice.
1: It doesn't matter how no- nice it is. You don't need fourteen notebooks. Right, right, and 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 you need to be more ruthless about what you. We were at this convention with Gretchen Rubin recently, and she actually said, "Like, I don't, I don't take any swag. I don't, I don't accept it anymore." You think you want the notebook that says, you know, Advil on it, but no, you don't. You don't really. No,
0: it's so smart. And the corollary between clutter and mess and happiness is something that has finally kind of grounded into my brain in a very real way. Like I have, I'm a extremely disorganized person. Like looking around my desk right now, it looks like there's been a grenade attack and that everything is scattered in all directions because I am so disorganized that everything I touch explodes like every, every, and this is the thing with too many t-shirts. The kid's like, I like the one on the bottom grabs it out. And then the room is messy because there's 12 t-shirts that came exploding out. Like, I have learned that to fight my own personal messy disorganization, I
1: have to have as little stuff as humanly possible. You need to have less stuff in the first place. Gretchen has a great a great um, tip for this, which is to to use what you have. Again, like, hello, obvious, but I have eight bottles of shampoo going in my shower. I need to use them up. And I've started combining them and getting rid of them, and I get such I get such delight of working those down to now two or three bottles of shampoo because we don't need eight kinds of shampoo, and they're all half full because you don't. And 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 also throwing away the one that you thought you wanted with the exploding beads of you know extra softness or whatever. Those and are I'm bad like, for the environment and anyway. It, they're exactly my fourteen year old was like, "Why do we have shampoo with beads in it?" And I pitched it because. Um, it's it's okay. And even with the $5 bottle of half-used shampoo, I do have a like, oh, bad purchase. Oh, I'm, I'm acknowledging my bad purchase as I toss this half bottle of shampoo that nobody wants in it, which is going to sit forlornly in a corner of my shower if I don't throw it out. But oh, I yeah. This to- is the
0: freezer <laughs> thing where you just look in and you're like those frozen, you know, chutney nuggets that I thought looked delicious at Trader Joe's two years ago. Like, I'm still going to use those. Like, acknowledge to yourself that you've made a mistake, face your fears, and get out of it. I'm going to return to my soon-to-be bestseller, What I Learned What is it called RV. again? It's like, n- how not to not We're still have- workshopping the title, but it's basically <laughs> what I learned from RV Living, My Seven Days in Hell by Margaret Ables. Um... The revelation I kept having is there's so little stuff because you can't bring a lot. It's 25 feet, five people are living there and there's like four storage spaces. Every time I turned around, I knew where everything was. I was like, okay guys, let's do some reading. Let me go to where I put the four Kindles all together. Hey, you need your blue t-shirt? I know exactly where it is because there was so little stuff that I just didn't have that constant thing of like, Oh, the Kindles, where could they be? Oh, no, everyone's always looking for their shoes because the shoes were where the four shoes went, you know, Mm -hmm. the four sets of shoes. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that I've started implementing it in my life, but it was really eye-opening to me. Like, oh, everyone only has one charger for their device. So it's with the device where the device goes. We don't just keep buying chargers because we never have them. My sunglasses, I would put in the sunglass holder in the front of the RV. Like, it really is better to have less stuff. Listen to my proclamation and buy the book,
1: please, wherever books are sold. My sister, my sister, Molly, maybe she could write the foreword. She says, yes, forward by Molly. And she says that the uh, her other survival tip is kind of this to be ruthless about what to keep. So yes, she has the four bins, but there's four of them and they all have to fit in the closet. So she's got stuff going, but so she, she's ruthless about stuff. She doesn't put it in the bin unless, you know, no rips, no stains, no no wear, looked cute on them and fit them well. And she's like, if it was always a little weird or was, they didn't love it or they thought it was itchy, I don't. I don't keep it for the next kid. Molly, Pass it on. Come save us. I'm looking at an example right now on my desk.
0: I just bought a new pen cup. Long story that I won't go into about, uh, was at a store that I really like in this pen cup? And then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy my favorite brand of pens. I think I put a picture up it on Facebook. You did, yeah. All black and then all colors. And then I'm going to put them in the thing and that's my pen cup. But what step did I skip, Amy? Throwing away the other pens. Throwing <gasps> away the other pens. So now I ha- I'm looking at my desk right now and I am looking at 40 pens in 40 Three different cups. One in my cup that I love, one in an old cup that has the minions on it that might be from McDonald's. And one in like an old mug. And I'm throwing them away right after this episode. I'm it, doing it.
1: Yeah, it feels good. And again, it's like, oh, but we're making more garbage. So it would be but you can't use up 80 pens. Can't do it. I wish. And I could the garbage, do that, but you're, you're exactly
0: right. The garbage stops at the front door. It's basically the eating thing where you're like, oh, this restaurant served me 8 days worth of pasta instead of a reasonable serving and but I I hate to throw it away so I'll put it in my body instead. Like <laughs> it's not good logic. And so feeling like putting the chutney nuggets from Trader Joe's in the garbage is creating garbage. No, you created that garbage in the aisle at Trader that's Joe's. That's
1: right. That's right. My husband was having a the the uh his brain centers were letting up as I was trying to get him to part with some of his 45 t-shirts and like there's only seven days in a week and p.s. you work in an office where you can't wear these (laughs) t-shirts so there's two days a week you can wear t-shirts so let's say you keep 20 t-shirts you don't have to repeat the one you're wearing for 10 weeks you have 45 in here like they're already garbage he had a hard time getting rid of them like but they're already not being used they're just sitting here not being used or they're you know at the goodwill not being used so so get rid of them
0: yeah, your brain really tricks you into like the potential of objects. Like, I, one of my pen cups is full of like sparkly glitter pens that I bought thinking I was going to use them for something and they weren't right for it. And a lot of them are like yellow, like they don't even show up on paper. But I, I cannot acknowledge that they're garbage. <laughs> like, I just keep thinking, there must be some use for a yellow glitter pen that you can't see when you write out with it on paper.
1: Right. There is no use for it, and I'm throwing it away today. I want to say, too, about organizing hand-me-downs on the way out. I have a bin that's right by one of my fire exits in my apartment, so I don't have to look at it. But it's very accessible, and I'm I, worried for your safety. But I'm I glad can still assisted. no, there's a. There, I can still clearly, I can, I can climb over the clothespin as I as I run for my life. Um. <laughs> you know the um,
0: what's that guy's name? Mitch Hedberg has a great joke that if you have legs, you are never blocking a fire exit. Like you'll just move when there's a fire. <laughs>
1: right. I, I'll I'll be able to get past it. Uh, but anyway, I keep the stuff in it. Uh, as I go again, it's accessible. It's not, oh, downstairs in the basement or, you know, up in the attic, I have the clothes I'm going to give away. Keep them, keep them with you. You can add to it as you go. It's easy to do it. You don't have to think about it. Some people even keep it in their laundry room. And then again, not too big, not too large a bin so that you have to get it out of your house every couple of months.
0: Oh, no bins, bins, bins. We should have gotten sponsored by the container Yeah,
1: seriously. I have a, um, a declutter formula that I found this guy named Leon Ho uh, is a, you know, life hacker, minimalist, sort of guy. And he has a formula which, it's <laughs> has a terrible name. It's the RFASR. Like I don't. It has an acronym, but it's an unpronounceable acronym. So it's the mm. refrash. Ref- ref- declutter one. The formula. Ref- oh, good. The refrash formula. Let's Great. all remember that ref- really ref- Stay with me. Uh, so, but I like the formula despite its its uh, unpronounceable um, initials. Uh, the first thing is recency. When was the last time I used this thing? Frequency. How often do I use this thing? Acquisition. How difficult or expensive would it be to get this thing? Storage costs, how much storage and maintenance is it tied to keeping this item? And retrieve costs, what costs are associated with getting it back or it becoming outdated by the next time I need it? These things, when I apply them to most things around my house, like my husband put away a, a big box of speakers and cords when we moved out of our old apartment five years ago. That box of speakers and cords has has now come with us to our new apartment where I just pulled it out of a closet the other day. And I said, it's time to say goodbye to this. Like I was trying to joke to him, like do whatever sort of smudging ceremony you need to say and say goodbye to these speakers and wires that were already outdated five years ago. But don't you think we might need them at some point? Like, no, like a a Bluetooth speaker is $29 now. There's no more wired speakers. We're not going back. I'm not keeping a huge box of these, but guess where it is? It's still in my house.
0: Yeah. The the trick is like, you just, I, I mean, n- not to bring subterfuge into your marital relationship, but like the second you see that, just throw it away. You're yeah. never going to know it's gone.
1: Yeah. He'll never know it's gone. You're right. Don't. Yeah. Don't, don't involve him, him, him in that. Don't tell him. You guys, let's just make That's sure how he I does felt not about listen my husband's to this cat. It
0: worked out fine. I was like, I'm just going to
1: throw it away. He'll never <laughs> know. This. I didn't really do that. <laughs> Here's the only issue. The refosser declutter formula doesn't really apply to keepsakes. To sentimental things that we're supposed to keep that wouldn't have any value to anybody else. And we're going to talk about what to do with those things after this. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health.
0: All right, Amy.
1: Sentimental. Yeah, let's I mean, take a sentimental journey, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you had a keepsakes uh, screed ready to go. I think I think now we're all ready for it. I mean, sit back, people. But this is the thing: keepsakes are my pet peeve, my bête
0: noir, my nemesis, Amy. Keepsakes. I find in my attempts to rid myself of useless things, my greatest enemy is the keepsake. I have two greatest enemies, the keepsake and the accidental collection. Do you ever have that thing where someone sees like an owl figurine in their house and they're like, oh, Amy's into owls. And the next thing you know, like everyone on earth is giving you owls and you have an owl collection. Yep. So I have started a gigantic battle against keepsakes. And again, I mean, I cannot believe this book is coming to life before our very eyes. Things I learned in the RV. You're basically just stop.
1: talking through the proposal. You're just, no, just I mean, going to transcribe is the book. this.
0: You're, I mean, this is it. <laughs> this is the book for any publishers out there. Just send me a check. I'm ready to go with this thing. Stop buying souvenirs at every stop. One souvenir for the whole trip and, and make it a smart souvenir. We have one shelf. We have like a built-in kind of China cabinet thing that we don't use all the shelves of. One of our shelves... For every trip, we buy a small figurine and it goes on the shelf. And that is our shelf of souvenirs and remembrances. And they're all like two inches tall. So like I have a gondolier from when we went to Venice. I have a little tiny Mount Rushmore from when we went to Mount Rushmore. Uh, On this trip, we went to Bolt Castle. I got a little figurine of Bolt Castle. They're tiny. But then when you look at that shelf, it's like, these are all the places we've ever been. We don't need t-shirts. We don't need mugs. We don't need hats. We don't need anything else to remember our trips.
1: I, I have, like you hate party favorite bags. I hate collectibles that are created in order to be collectibles like you need this whole set of little angel sunshine and here's the first day of school little angel sunshine and here's the i don't know like sorry i broke your little angel sunshine little angel sunshine and you need to have 36 of them like i i hate those things and i also i am sentimental about my kids artwork and stuff from when they were little but i kind of toss right away the turkey Hand that comes with a poem that's like, don't forget, my hand was very little, but one day it'll be big. I'm like, oh, you're manipulating me, and I'm, this goes right in the trash. Ouch. But, I'd, <laughs> but I'd, Hashtag but I'd, resist. Right. But I'd rather... Keep the, you know, Batman with six hands that the three-year-old made this, that the things that are meaningful to me, not because you're telling me, look how meaningful this is, but because it just speaks to me.
0: The artwork, it all goes in the recycling bin. It goes straight in the recycling bin every once in a while. Like my son drew this hilarious picture and it was when he was young and it said the hills are alive um, cause my daughter was obsessed with sound of music and it was a picture of a hill attacking Maria and like to eat her like the hills are alive and they're going to devour Maria as she sings. And it was such a funny picture. I took a picture
1: of it and I threw it away. Like, uh-huh. I don't have time for the paper. Nothing stays. At least you took a picture of it because it's something that's you, you'll, you'll laugh about it someday. You don't necessarily need to hold the thing in your hand. I don't need to hold the thing in my hand. And the m- amount of paperwork, I call it the
0: barfing backpack syndrome, the amount of paperwork that comes in every single day at the end of the day. And I feel like that stuff, it's like, think of it as like a feather, and every single day it stays in your house, it gains a pound of weight. Like it, and then when you've had it for three months, it's like, now it's a keepsake. My husband, when we got married, had been a teacher. And he had these letters that these seventh graders that he taught 10 years ago had written him. And yes, I understand the sentimental value. He had not looked at them in 10 years. He was never going to look at them again. I was like, we're about to have kids. I'm pregnant. We're now going to have letters that your kids have written you. Take pictures of them, bind it in a book and put it on our shelf. I will accept that. But these letters are not coming into our house. A giant framed picture of all, you know, his class that people had signed. You can take a picture of it, but that is not coming into our house. I am
1: relentless with that stuff. Once it comes in your house, it's a keepsake. It, it can be rendered into a form like my my sister, same sister, um, made. I was my in co-author. a co-author. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was in a Broadway show. Um, this is like twenty years ago, and she was you know pretty young then and didn't have money to buy Christmas presents. And so, for my Christmas present, she took all the ticket stubs and this and this and made it into a scrapbook. And this is. 20 years ago. So it was before everything scannable. But this is a a physical memory that I have of that time in my life, which is very precious to me. But it, you know, and it sits on a shelf, and I can take it down and look at it. But it's it's organized. If you if you just bring this stuff in, and don't call it or organize it or ask somebody who's into this stuff to do it for you as a gift, then you're not going to you're not going to uh, engage with it again. And then what's the point of keeping it?
0: And I will say there are people who are, you know, I see these like little movies on Facebook and stuff where like people go on a trip and every stub from the boat trip they took and they organize it in a scrapbook as they go and it's beautiful. I have just found for myself that like the idea of like, let's keep this ticket stuff from the Baseball Hall of Fame. No, let's not. Like it will just be in a box somewhere forever. And why not? I have this phone in my pocket at all
1: times. And it takes pictures. And so I have pictures of us at the baseball hall of fame. I'm going to take the other side of this because I do have in a hallway in my house. I have, I have ticket stubs. They're in a small, they're in square frames, but there's like six of them. And they're from the opening nights of the six shows I did that I am most proud of, um, that like, you know, put the most work in for me. And the, and the most recent one is our first live show from, from a year ago. Um, that is, but okay. I have a system for it. And that's not, it's not, I don't say, I don't save playbills from every show I ever attended. I save things that are really specifically very meaningful to me. And then you need a place to put them. That's fine. But I just think I have
0: no problem with that because you have a system. I just think what you have to really watch is the aspirational save. If you're like, I'm going to save this ticket stub. Okay. I don't even remember what episode it was, but episodes and episodes go. We were talking something about cleaning stuff out. And I said, I have 40 t-shirts from when I used to run, which I don't even run anymore, of races, and I'm going to make them into a t-shirt quilt. And you were like, oh, I know a woman who does that. We had this conversation. Guess where those t-shirts are? Yep. They're exactly where they were a year ago when we recorded that episode. Well, Biddy
1: Birdie, Asp- <laughs> that's Biddy yes. Birdie Designs. I want to give her another shout out. She can make a great t-shirt quilt if you're going to do it. If I'm never going to do it. let just yeah. accept
0: that I'm never going to do they're it. They're apparently but
1: like, not that meaningful to you or else you would have. So that's okay. So then get rid of them. Just the aspirational
0: save is what you have to really be careful of. And I, like some of this stuff, you know, my mom passed away last year and I, I was just looking and I have seven copies of the funeral program. It's like do something with one, put it in a scrapbook, save it somewhere or have a box of like precious treasures. That's fine, but just don't let the minion cup from McDonald's become a pr- accidental precious treasure. Right? Don't let the 97 art projects from kindergarten become precious
1: treasures. They're not. You know, I'm going to say the opposite of what I said last week about giveaways, because last week we were talking about raising grateful children and how going through their belongings with them and calling what they're ready to pass on is important. And is important sort of gratitude practice. But when it comes to, you know, getting rid of their drawings, that's definitely better if they're not present for that. But I've had with each of my kids moments when I'm ready to pass something on. I guess what I want to say is sentimentality is in the eye of the beholder, right? Uh, um, one of my one of my sons has an under drawer bed that is filled with a toy that he used to really love, like a kind of toy. It's, his under bed drawer is groaning with these toys. He's too old for these toys. He doesn't play with these toys anymore. I've suggested more than once that we can pass those on and he can get that storage space back. And he just is like, yeah, you, yeah I don't know. Well, like maybe if, you know, maybe if my cousins come, well, maybe if somebody or or the person I suggest to pass them on to, I, I don't know if he really wants to. He's not ready to get rid of them. They're in a bed. They're in a drawer under his bed. I'm not looking at them every day. They're 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 meaningful to him. That will probably change at some point. Also, right, the sentimental value of things change over time. Um, 20 years after my wedding, it's almost 20 years after my wedding, I, I, I'm glad I have a scrapbook, uh, an actual wedding album, I mean a photo album, I don't need the, you know, negatives from the photographer and all the outtakes that I saved for 15 years. I was like, oh, why do I have these for? Still have mine. Um, I think, I think, so at some point this kid's relationship to those objects of his childhood is going to, is going to change and he'll get rid of them then. But I can't, I can't rush his sentimental process. I think that
0: is a really good touchstone for me to remember because I definitely am like, sentimentality is nonsense, out it goes. And like, I have to really think about that and be aware that like someone else's sentimentality, and I did this, my son, who's nine, had over his childhood collected all of the Toy Story toys. So we had every single Toy Story, I mean, not every single, but you know, like a really nice collection of like 12 really nice high quality Toy Story toys. And- I was like, okay, you don't play with these anymore. They took up a lot of room. They were kind of the majority of his bedroom. Now he's into like Marvel. He's just a different age. Yeah. And I was like, let's make a big thing of giving these away. And he still talks about them. Like I might've rushed him a little bit on. He's like, can we, in the movie that he goes and gives them to the kid. He's like, can we go visit the kid who we gave them to? You know, like he's still, it's like when he gets nervous, somehow he goes back to those things. And like, that is a very good for my all my screeding, which like, listen, it's my brand. I got a screed. That's my brand. But like, <laughs> I think it's good for me to remember that like my kids and their need to hold on to stuff and their weird sentimentality over stuff needs to be heard and respected a little bit more. And that's my, my son who's like, he sat me down one time. He's like, mom, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. He said, I, it really hurts my feelings when you call my things junk. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I mean, but he meant it. Like it really, he, they don't like me just being like, that's a bunch of junk you got. in your rah, rah, rah. It's nice for me to take a step back and be like, what did you say? Sentimentality is in the eye
1: of the beholder. I like that a lot. Well, and I save every card that I get from my husband or my kids, every mother's day, every birthday. And I stick them in like my door with my pajamas. I have a pile and then, and I have a place where they go. I put them there. You know, the day after I opened them, I put them there in that drawer. It's a there's a pile there. One of these days, I'll probably go through them and throw away the ones that were, you know, that, where there's no sentiment expressed other than the one printed on the card. But um, it's it's easy for me. Like I, I want to save them. I have a place where they go. They're not all over my house. They're not taking over. You know, it's not it's not like uh, vines everywhere. Who cares? That, that that's that's something that I keep. And so I guess if our kids have things that are important to them that we, you know, the, the sentimental value may escape us, but if it's important to them, then they can be in charge of creating a system where it's somewhat contained. Yeah. And I think like the eating metaphor is right. Like it's not so much that you have to only just eat
0: like lettuce and chicken breast for the rest of your life. It's just like, look at where, where you're going off course. You can probably take the like plate of onion rings off. Like that's, that's absolute. You can take the minion cup full of useless pens and throw it away. And then as you get deeper into it and there's stuff that you're like, ah, this is really actually bringing me happiness in my life. I don't want to get rid of it. Fine. Just make sure you are looking at the questions. So it just doesn't all become like massive piles of J U
1: N K. And you need to be able to find the stuff. My daughter just asked me what her first word was, and you know I did keep track of that stuff, and I have it on, all in a little calendar. And where is that calendar? I'm not really sure. <laughs> so keepsakes yeah. that are you like just, if you have you too bury many keepsakes. The Im- yeah, they're buried. You in bury,
0: the- You literally bury the important stuff by yeah. holding on to too much. Yeah.
1: So I guess we have less, so we can we can find what we really want to uh, really want to see and hold on to. Amy, we solved this one again. We all have too much stuff. <laughs>
0: Guys, go this after, while you're listening to the podcast, I should have said this in the beginning, you can re-listen and then just go through and just, cast a gimlet eye on all of your things. Get yeah, rid of them, yeah I
1: have, I have an, an empty shelf in, in our coat closet now in the front hall. One empty shelf. It's going to stay that way for about 30 seconds, but, it, oh, I love it. It's so but, pretty.
0: Oh, does it feel good? Uh, guys, we want to know always how you're handling all of your stuff and the too muchness of it. If we have all these great tips from our RV life, our sisters, you must have good tips as well. So come on our Facebook page and share with everybody else what you're doing with all your stuff. That's facebook.com forward slash WhatFreshHellcast.
1: Also on Instagram, WhatFreshHellcast. I'm going to show you my my empty shelf in my coat closet. And on Twitter, at WFHPodcast, where I will put links to some of the things we talked about today. And you know you want to start living under the RAF
0: system that we mentioned <laughs> ruff, earlier. Ruff. And if for some reason that acronym is not just sticking with you, you you will be able to find it on our website, www.whatfreshhelppodcast.com. That's right. I think that's an old deluxe alert to
1: say www at the beginning. Back in my day. I did feel really old.
0: I, <laughs> I really did. I was like, wow, I'm really old. I didn't say HTTP colon forward slash forward slash. On in the interwebs. All right, guys. Get thee to decluttering
3: and we will talk to you next week. Bye.